Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. What's up, Browns fans? Before we dive into the show today, I just want to tell you real quick about Built Bar. Built Bar is the world's first ever protein candy bar, or it might actually be a candy protein bar. Either way, Built Bar provides the nutritional snack you need for a healthy diet without that nasty, chalky taste of a traditional protein bar. Get 10% off your order when you use promo code BARK, B-A-R-K, at Built.com. That's promo code BARK for 10% off your order at Built.com today. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. We've got Zach and Justin back on the show today. Zach's actually in studio. We got Justin on the screen from home here. How you guys doing? Go ahead, Zach. Kick it Look off. at all that uh, silence. Yeah, well, I was I'm seeing if Justin was going to say something yeah, first. I was waiting for that delay. I was waiting for that delay, man. Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, glad to be back, you know, doing the episode here kind of on the weekend. Kind of helps me, benefits me. So mm-hmm. um, definitely exciting time to be back on the studio, in the studio, too. Yeah, it's been a, a lot. A lot has happened since we've had you guys in right. your input. Right. Yeah, Baker Mayfield had surgery, so this is right. <laughs> yeah, Already. yeah, we'll be talking about that and a whole lot more today. Absolutely. <laughs> but I uh, just want to sh- throw a shout out to Blake. He's not here again. Um, he just had his daughter. Well, he didn't have her, but you know, right? His wife had her <laughs> last night. So congratulations to Blake and the newest of the Browns fans to enter the world. Um, today we're going to have Barry Shuck, staff writer from dogsbynature.com on the show with us. We want to get Barry's perspective on everything that the Browns have been doing, you know, in the last few weeks, uh, to build this roster for what should be a hopefully very exciting 2022 season. Uh, before we dive into all that, want to remind everybody, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and or please subscribe and hit the notification bell so that you never miss a new episode. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, subscribe there as well, Apple, Spotify, Google. And if you can't get enough Browns content and dogs content, please head over to jointhedogs.com, join our official Patreon community. That's That community has been blowing up. It's been a ton of fun. Everybody's a diehard Browns fan, and we have a lot of great conversations in there. So check that out. You get an extra episode every week, Dogs After Hours. We're going to be doing one here quick after this show get uh, some really, really candid uh, opinions from these two guys here. This ought to be pretty fun. Uh, last, last thing before we get in with Barry, though, I do want to mention that we are starting a contest, and we're going to run the contest through the NFL draft. So draft night, we're going to have a, a watch party live on YouTube, April 28th, and we'll announce the winner. But until then, everybody who goes to Apple Podcasts and leaves us a five-star review will be entered to win a free Browns jersey. And all you got to do is is leave a five-star review, take a screenshot of that, and then send your screenshot to bark, 
at thedogspodcast.com. And then you get entered into the contest. Everybody who enters will get sent a uh, dogs podcast sticker in the mail anyway. And then you're also entered in for the free uh, jersey. So pretty excited about doing that. Really want to get some five-star reviews out there. So please help us out. Do that. Get yourself entered in the contest. And we'll make that announcement on draft night. All right, guys. You guys ready to jump in with Barry here? Yes. Yeah. Looking forward to our conversations today. Well, Mr. Barry Shuck, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I, I think the NFL has evolved in the last month to the Cleveland Browns and 31 other teams. Right, yes. <laughs> it seems to be that way, that's for sure. Uh, well, Barry, let's just, let's just kick things off with the kind of the first big thing the Browns did with their offseason here with the Amari Cooper trade with the Dallas Cowboys. Just kind of want to get your perspective on Amari Cooper, the player, the the trade, what the Browns gave up in that trade, and you know, how do you think he fits with the Browns and the offense we run here? Well, my thoughts are: What does Amari Cooper bring to the table that Jarvis Landry does? Does it? Because that is who he's replacing. It's it's one wide receiver one for another wide receiver one. You know, Cooper will turn twenty eight this summer, whereas Jarvis will turn. 30 during the season, so that's that's pretty much a wash. So it's, he, they basically got the same build. Jarvis uh, leads in Pro Bowl hardware 5-4 to four with um, both their, their last selection in 2019, and both are excellent downfield blockers. They have great hands. Uh, Cooper's a little bit faster with a 4.4240 compared to Jarvis's 4.77, and you got to give the edge to Jarvis for being a, a vocal team leader because you can't string together too many sentences together from the soft-spoken Cooper, even if a huge meteorite was hurling towards Earth. <laughs> so you have to ask yourself, what is the difference? What What is the benefit? Well, for one, the difference is price. Jarvis was set to make $16.6 million and on the last year of his contract. His contract uh, for uh, Cooper... Uh, is essentially three one-year deals worth $20 million per year. Now, after the, the 22 uh, season, the Browns will basically have two options over the next two seasons. If they want to keep Cooper, he will cost $20 million. If not, they can release him for no dead money at all. Now, the Browns had the option to restructure the deal and move some money around, including adding void years, and eight days ago they did. So they're converting the majority of Cooper's $20 million salary for 2022 into a signing bonus and adding two voidable years to his current five-year contract. Now, if you add all that up, general manager um, Andrew Berry just saved $15 million on this year's salary cap, which enabled them to nab uh, Deshaun Watson in that huge deal. So if the, if the Browns... Uh, now are essentially going to pay Cooper, say, four to six million dollars of salary instead of sixteen point six million to Jarvis. Does that make sense financially? Absolutely, absolutely financially, absolutely. Especially so, if you hear what, uh, like, what Jarvis is asking for twenty million apparently anyway with his agent, former agent from Clutch Sports. Yeah. So let's do a side-by-side comparison on production. 
In the last three years, Cooper has, has gained 3,168 yards compared to Jarvis's 2,584. So that's real similar. Dur- during this same time span, Cooper's had two 1,000-yard seasons, while Jarvis has had only one. Cooper scored 21 touchdowns compared to 11. 353 targets for Cooper. Uh, Jarvis had, let's see, 326. 101st. 153 first down catches to 131. So these are not huge differences per se between the two players. But with getting Cooper over Jarvis, they are increased production with a younger, faster player. Plus Jarvis's numbers have decreased every year, whereas Cooper's has been consistent. Anybody agree with that? Oh, yeah, I would agree with you there. Completely agree. So, but there are a lot of things that the Browns will miss without having Jarvis in the lineup. He's a huge locker room presence. Uh, he has leadership abilities. How many number eighty jerseys do you see in the stands on game day? So he's, you know, he's a fan favorite. Plus, he throws a very tight spiral in his cross <laughs> touchdown. So that threat's gone. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Barry. I think that you know, ever since Jarvis has came to Cleveland. He's had as big a role as anybody in kind of the turnaround. You know, he came to a team that was winless, and, you know, a lot of guys wouldn't have wanted to come to that situation. They would have handled it totally different, and he kind of took on the mindset of he was just going to help turn everything around. Um, And he was one of the crucial guys that did that during his time here. And I kind of agree with you in in the sense that the, you know, the numbers really aren't far off, which may be surprising, I think, to a lot of people because Amari Cooper, you know, the Alabama guy, you know, been a big name when he was in Oakland, then he went to Dallas. So he was a just, you know, you look at him and you think elite type wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And then you see Jarvis and you think, oh, a smaller guy who's not, you know, they're not going to put up the same type of production when, you know, statistically they have. Um, especially, you know, Jarvis dealt with a lot of injuries last year. I think he played injured more than what, you know, maybe fans know and let on. Um, so it's definitely interesting, you know, when you put the stats side by side and you look at things and you're like, okay, well, you know, it is a lot closer than what you think. Yeah, that's that was a surprising thing to me that you just said, Barry, were those side-by-side stats because I think Justin kind of alluded to it too. You think Amari Cooper and, and – this elite level, well, I don't know about elite, elite, but, you know, a number one profile type wide receiver, you know, Dak Prescott's go-to guy. I mean, you see him make some outstanding catches on the field, and he just, oh, when he's on the field, he's a very consistent receiver. And I, I feel like the thing with Amari is he's not consistently on the field. Yeah. Do you know how many games he's missed over the last three years in that span that you did the, the stats, Barry? No, I do not. So, okay. you're, so you're actually going to be surprised. Oh, you have it? Okay, yeah, cool. so I had his stats pulled up. 2019, he played uh, 16, started 16 games of 16. 2020, 15 of 16. And then he started 14 of 15 games last year. So he missed a couple games wow. last year. But the other two years, he only, he played in every game. So it's kind of, you know, it's a little, I, I thought that was surprising too because so, that's one of the knocks 
right? Yeah. And we kind of had that discussion with like Denzel Ward last year. Yeah. And we were like, ah, yep. oh, it feels like he's always out of the lineup. Now, just because he played in these games doesn't mean he played the entire right, game. Because there were some games stuff. where he was, we know he was hurt or he played a quarter and then came out. Yeah. I remember right. those games. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was kind of surprised about that too. So, and then Jarvis, obviously, he's been a guy who's always been available pretty much through his career in Cleveland. Um, missed a couple games here and there. I think he's missed two, three, and then he missed three games up until last year. And then last year, obviously, he missed, I think it was a total of five games last year. I thought he'd only missed one he, game up until then. Wasn't it just yeah, that COVID game? And he's two this years old. Yeah, so I had him as he's played 15 games in 2020. This is Jarvis, 15 games in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then in 2018, he missed two games. Or no, he played, never mind, he just didn't start two games. Sorry, okay. I'm All looking right. at the wrong right. column. No, you're good. Yeah, 14 of 16. So he played in, yeah, every game, mm-hmm. like you said, other than just coming into this year, and he probably could have sat out more this year than what he actually did. Yeah. But we were kind of in that playoff push, and we saw how things were going without Jarvis, that we thought maybe he'd be that spark into the lineup offensively to kind of help things get going, which kind of wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah. So... Okay, so Barry, you're you're bringing up kind of a different side of things, that, at least for me and, and what I think a lot of Browns fans have been thinking is that, oh, you know, Mark Cooper's this number one receiver, but you're saying not not any more than what Jarvis could have been. So that, that kind of leads to the next question here is, our wide receiving core is still thin. So do you expect the Browns to, you know, sign any other free agents at wide receiver, or do you think they're going to add through the draft and – Either way they go, are there any names that you think we need to be keeping our eye on? Yeah, well, um, you know, it's been rumored that that the team is looking into Jarvis Landry coming back, and it's also been rumored that OBJ has has reached out after a Twitter mentioned that. Uh, The problem with OBJ is he won't be physically ready to play till about November, so even if they signed him to the NFL minimum, he would miss all the season. Now, if the Browns make the playoffs, having OBJ on your on your bench ready to come in and being fresh uh, coming off of an injury might be a huge plus. But do you want to pay a guy all year just to rehab? As far as Jarvis coming back, um, he was set to make $16.6 million. Well, a guy will drop his his contract or a restructure, but he's not going to go from sixteen point six to say five. Right. He would go from sixteen point six to say twelve, or maybe even stretch it to ten. But I don't think the Browns would want him at at ten or twelve million dollars. Um, so those two guys are have been mentioned as being a a, a future Brown player, but to me the the well is kind of run dry in the wide receiver free agent market. It, it's, um, you know, other than OJ, uh, OBJ and Jarvis coming back, the best in the market remaining was, was Allen Robinson, and he just signed with the Rams. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay's Marquez Valdez-Escantlin was still unsigned until the Chiefs uh, shipped off Tyreek Hill. And then they also signed uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, Players that are remaining unsigned as far as free agents are A.J. Green and OBJ are still out there, but uh, Green's age and and aforementioned OBJ's injury issues are just concerns. So really, the only two that are left is Sammy Watkins, 
who is still just 28 years old, and Will Fuller, who was a teammate of Deshaun at Houston and is just 27. Now, Fuller spent last year with Miami but broke a thumb in week four and landed on IR for the remainder of the year. Do you all think that maybe Fuller might be in play for the Browns now that Deshaun is the quarterback? Yeah, that's that's yeah. the name I was actually just going to ask you about, um, yep. Barry. That I was kind of looking at. You know, I have the contracts pulled up for you know what wide receivers in the NFL are making kind of per year. Um, okay. And Will Fuller was a guy in Miami, like you said. Um, he's he's twenty eight years old, and he was making ten point six. So he's kind of right in that middle, you know, middle of the ballpark type range. Um. And it's it's it going to be interesting to see what the Browns are willing to pay for, you know, if they're going to bring in a free agent. You know, they obviously didn't want to pay Jarvis the 16. Um, and, you know, Jarvis felt he was going to go look around the market and see if he was able to find anything available that was going to pay him that. And I know he just fired his agent and there's been talks he wanted $20 million per year and all this stuff that's going on. Um, Will Fuller, I think, is a guy that, you know, might come in for a little less because of his relationship with Deshaun. And we obviously saw what those two were able to accomplish together in Houston. Um, when Will Fuller is healthy, he is a, could put up, you know, three catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns type of receiver. I was just going to, I was just pulled up his stats from the 2020 season with Deshaun Watson. And he played with Deshaun in looks like 11 games and he went for 112, 54, 108, 58, 123, 35, 138, 80, 171. And only two of those games, I'm sorry, four of those games out of the 11, he did not score a touchdown. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm so, pretty sure well, he got let, suspended at the end of that season also, right? I already yeah, played the Yeah, because, no, because the rest of the season's got, empty. Yeah, on the stats. Yeah, yeah he got yeah. suspended. Well, let me ask you this. Would, let me ask you this. Yeah, Would you rather pay Will Fuller 10.6 or Jarvis Landry 10.6 for a year? Oh, man. I think that would be a valid question. Okay, so I'll, I'll just go first real quick. Yeah. I think I would rather pay – I hate to say this. I think I'd rather pay Will Fuller just because we've seen what he does with Deshaun Watson on the field. And Jarvis is a great receiver, but he doesn't have that level of explosion. But I'll pass it on to you guys. What do you think, Justin? So what I'll say about the what I'll say about it is I think you have a true number one at Amari Cooper as far as like that outside guy, that outside wide receiver. Great, great speed, great direction change, great pass catcher. Like I think people are sleeping on the Cooper thing a little bit. I mean, he was a top ten receiver pretty much his whole career. He's he's that good. So for me, as much as I love the chemistry that you'd have with Fuller and Watson. Why wouldn't you just bring Jarvis back and have that legit true slot receiver again that we thought we'd always have with Jarvis and then he never got to be that true positional player for us. So that's just my output on it. That's what I'm thinking. You know, uh, this one's tough because if you're thinking like with your heart, you want to say Jarvis, I think, uh, you know, is the biggest thing. Like you're like, man, what would it be like to bring him back, you Mm -hmm. know, and allow him to now play on this Cleveland team with a different quarterback and really get to show, you know, what he could bring to the city, to this team, this organization. Um, But Will Fuller is just kind of been that guy that's that over the top weapon that can be used on just, he can beat his guy one-on-one and you throw it up to him and him and Watson just so many, you know, replays and highlights. Like I've watched of, 
Deshaun Watson after we've signed him are passes he's thrown to Will Fuller yep. <laughs> in yep. Houston. Um, so it, it'd be nice to have Will Fuller because we haven't really had that type of wide. I know Anthony Schwartz was supposed to be our burner. You can take the lid off the defense. Um, he's got to take a huge step forward. I'm probably leaning Jarvis. Um, <laughs> oh, back to the heart. I'm probably leaning Jarvis just because of what he would mean to this team and everything of bringing him back. And then just the worrisome of, you know, Fuller, like you said, Barry broke his thumb last year and then he was out. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to, you know, trust a guy who's always been banged up. I mean, I got his stats pulled up here. You know, since he came into the league in 2016, he played 14 games. Then he's only played 10, 7, 11, 11, and 2. So he's never played more than, he's never played a full season in the NFL. What do you think, Barry? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and he does have a chemistry with Deshaun, but if you're paying a guy to be hurt all the time, uh, you got to take that in consideration. And then you don't know what's going to happen with Schwartz, usually the second year. And then we haven't even meet, mentioned Donovan Peoples-Jones. Right. So let's say that, that DPJ is, is wide receiver too. And, and if you bring Jarvis back, we're still needing a slot guy. And I would assume yeah. right now, if you take the, the roster as it is right now without adding anybody, I would have to say that Schwartz or maybe even Demetric Felton is going to be your, sl your slot guy with DPJ on the one outside and, and Cooper on the other outside. And then uh, Felton and Schwartz will, and, and maybe if they bring back Marcus Bradley, can compete for you know, the fourth wide receiver, but that's exactly what they're, they're looking at without bringing in Fuller or Jarvis. Um, I, I think uh, their answer is probably going to be in the draft. This is a very deep receiver draft, and I really expect the Browns to come away with at least two guys in the draft. Now, in round two, uh, they have pick number 44, and believe it or not, I think Penn State's Jahan Dotson just might be there. Uh, I believe the first round will be dependent on the quarterbacks available this year and which teams are desperate to grab one, like maybe the Steelers, perhaps the, the Panthers, um, the Falcons, the Seahawks still don't have a guy. And that's going to make some players drop, like perhaps Dotson. I, um, I cover the Senior Bowl every year, and Dotson was there this year. He had, he had an impressive catch radius. He's a very likable kid, kid well-spoken, has a great route tree. He's difficult to cover. And basically, he caught everything thrown his way during Senior Bowl week. The last guy I saw that was taken in the third round a few years ago by a guy by the name of Super Cup. He was sensational at the Senior Bowl. And I said to somebody, I said, that kid contorts his body just to try to catch that ball. Now, Dotson's just 5 feet 11, and he's 184 pounds um, coming out of a Chinese buffet. But he will play through contact and is excellent at the, at the catch point. He dropped only two out of 93 catchable targets last year. He runs a 4.43. Did any of y'all catch any Penn State games this year? I, Last year? I saw I, – I'd never watched like a full Penn State game or anything like that, but I did – obviously – knowing that the Browns were hurting at wide receiver during the season, I started kind of looking ahead, seeing what wide receivers are going to be in the draft and Dotson's name. 
kept coming up. So I was watching Penn State games or replays or highlights or whatever of Dotson and definitely an impressive player. Yeah, and and he's he's uh, he's a good kid. Uh, and going into the third round, the Browns have two picks, uh, their own at number seventy-eight, and then they got a compensatory pick at number ninety-nine. And I think at number seventy-eight, maybe Justin Ross of Clemson. Mm. Uh, he led the nation in yards per route uh, run his freshman year, and has tremendous ball skills. He was um, the uh, freshman player of the year in that conference. He's not the fastest guy. He runs a four point six three forty, but he's six foot four, two hundred and five pounds. So you know he's a he's a red uh, red zone threat. Now a lot of folks are high on Alex Pierce from Cincinnati, who's also a tall kid, but he was also at the Senior Bowl. And every time I saw him on the practice field, he had a horrible time against uh, some of the better defensive backs in the nation covering him. Uh, he's six three, but he's a fighter. But he just dropped too many passes in one week for me. Mm. Okay, those are some those are some good names to throw out there. I just wonder do do you see any situation where one of the top five receivers, you know, maybe projected to go in the first round, drop in the first round toward the back end? Do you see any situation where the Browns try to move up to grab a, a guy, maybe a, at the end of the first round or early second? Well, uh, Andrew Barry did that last year uh, with JOK. Um, he he is not, so far in his draft, he has not moved up or down in the first round. But he proved last year that rounds two down to seven are all, you know, all game to, to move up to grab a guy. So certainly if somebody drops into the, the early, uh, you know, the mid-30s, it wouldn't be much to, to go up and get somebody. Now, I'm going to give you another name. Uh, and I want you to remember this, uh, Khalil Shakir of Boise State. In the third round, it, it, he should be there. Now, when you have Brian Bussarge on the show closer to the draft, ask him about this kid, okay? Okay. Shakir is a human highlight reel. You need to YouTube him. He's got great body control, great hands, 4.43 speed. Now, he's only six foot and 196 pounds. But he understands how to use leverage. He can find the soft spots in, in zone. And he was a two-time uh, first-team All-Mountain West and just a really quick guy. Now, the Browns, need, right now, with what they have on their roster, uh, barring Anthony Schwartz taking the spot, they need a slot guy. And Shakir would fit perfectly in the slot, which is what the Browns are looking for. He's got no issues going across the field in traffic or, or running the jet sweep. Now, his only negative is that he's, he's got a very thin build, so durability uh, long-term is, is a question. Okay. Well, I mean, the size isn't necessarily as big of an issue as it might have been a few years ago, I feel like, because a lot of these teams in the NFL are moving toward these smaller-sized receivers that just have – crazy speed and playmaking ability yeah so uh, yeah. i was i was just looking up another i'm just gonna throw this name out there it's a veteran guy that's i i forgot that he was available as a free agent uh, his team just cut him but when you yeah. started talking slot receiver um cole beasley 
Just I was like looking through the list. I'm like, man, I forgot that Buffalo cut him. Now he is 32, so he's going to be 33 this season. So he's but he had 112 targets last year, 107 the year before, and 106. So it was his most targeted year. He didn't have the uh, yardage he'd had in his last two years in Buffalo or the touchdowns. But for a guy that's out there that you know he might be sitting there for a while, you know, because I think he made seven million last year and they cut him. And they say, and then they end up signing. I think Jameis and Crowder went to Buffalo, um, so he's a veteran guy that's out there. You know that if he sits there and he's like, "I want to go to a contending type team," that you know I'll take a discount type of a guy because at this year and or at this age, you know I think he's he's got in the league in 2012, so he's going to be 10 years in. I don't think he's looking at big payday type of a deal. Yeah, what do you think Dude, about Beasley? Yeah, any of y'all know the, the, the Brown stance on on getting the COVID shot? I actually no. do not. Yeah, because that was a big thing with him last year. That's right. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was, he was a huge proponent against. He was very vocal. So I'm not sure how that would work into the, the plan of the Browns, whether they are allowing players to not get their shots and their boosters versus having everybody done i think it's team by team yeah that's yeah, that's a that's a good point and that could be why you know somebody like him sits out there for a while because they're just not wanting but, to have to deal with I mean, that we are seeing the nba though back off a lot of these covid restrictions new york finally did it so that Kyrie could yep. play i know that wasn't the nba that was the city and all that stuff but oh yeah, you know, well, yeah. And, and it and it might have been why he was cut right might yeah. have something to do with it. We'll, we'll just have to pay attention to see what the NFL ends up doing as far as those are concerned because you're right, got to take those in consideration too now. Yeah, and and the last guy I can um, kind of forward to you a little bit is in round four, I like David Bell of, of Purdue. He's six foot two, 205 pounds. He was consensus All-American in last year, and he made first team all Big Ten the last two seasons. Now, is He's got some negatives. One is he runs a 4.65, so he could catch Jarvis, but not many other people. <laughs> um, he's got good strength, and he can overpower smaller quarterback uh, cornerbacks, but he's just got average lateral quickness, and he, he just gets a lot of penalties. He, he pushes off quite a bit, and he hasn't learned to keep his elbows in when he pushes off, so once it, it goes straight, and that's going to be an issue at the next level. So what round were you saying to keep an eye on him potentially? Uh, round four. Four, okay. All right. Well, I mean, as a fourth-round pick, you know, you kind of you know you're going to deal with more, you know, issues like that with a guy. Right, like Developmental yeah. things that you got to work on. Yes. All right. Um, any other receivers you guys wanted to bring up, discuss real quick? That's it for me. Yep, same here. Justin, you good? I'm good, man. Watch out for Wiley Vets. They're, I'm, some guys are going to want to come play with Deshaun Watson. Speaking of guys who might want to come play with Deshaun Watson, not necessarily at the receiving position, but we know that the Browns really need to address the defensive line. That's still an area of weakness for the team, especially on the defensive side. I mean, it's kind of Miles Garrett and you know, just a pish posh of all these other people. So. Are there free agents out there, Barry, that you think the Browns are still going to target? Because the We've talked about it on the show the last couple of weeks. The free agents at the defensive line position right now are still available. It's a lot longer list than wide receiver. Yeah, it is. 
It is. I, I would love to see them bring Jadavian Clowney back. Yeah. Um, I, I think a couple of things that are going on with Jadavian Clowney is that, one, he works on his own timeline. He doesn't seem to be in a hurry. He, he's, he's one of those that will wait to the last minute to see what the best deal is. And I think he's always been a guy of who's going to pay me the most. And I, I understand that. I understand that completely. Um, I think he's also going to want a multi-year deal. And I think it would be prudent for the Browns to offer him something in the three-year deal, uh, say in the $10 million a year range um, with some guaranteed and some, you know signing bonus and then some incentives that maybe can push that up to $12, 14000000 million. But I, I honestly believe he's a great run stuffer. He had his second most sacks of his career with 9.5 last year. And the first part of the year, you didn't really see him in the, in the offensive backfield that much. He's great against the run. You're not going to run to his side. He's not going to get pushed to the side. He's, he's good about chasing down runners uh, on the outside lanes, even across the field. But from the second half, from the, the bye week on, all of a sudden, you started seeing Jadavian Clowney chasing quarterbacks that were scrambling for their lives. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The second half of the season was insane. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to see him bring him back. And he's already got chemistry, and they already like him. And he was healthy last year. He didn't, he didn't miss hardly anything. Um, I think he was out for COVID once. And other than that, he was completely healthy. Um I think defensive tackle is, is, is a concern this year. Now they signed the guy from the Jaguars, uh, Trayvon Bryan, who, who's a good plug and play guy. But you look, it, they got, you know, Malik McDowell got arrested, so he's not going to come back. Malik Jackson, uh, was a roller coaster and probably played bad more than he played good. So they're not going to offer him back. Um, Jordan Elliott, I don't know if he's ever going to develop. What's your feelings about Jordan Elliott? I, I know I was a proponent last year before the season. I thought he was going to really shine with having Clowney, with having Garrett. He was going to really step in. Like it was uh, make it year for him. And we just never really saw it, you know, from him. So when I'm looking at him, I just, I don't know. I don't think, I, ha- I don't have great expectations from him going into his year three now. Yeah, I, I think he's just regressed. Um, so, you know, that, that's, a, that's an issue right there. And then you've got Tommy uh, Tugai from Ohio State last year. And the first part of the year, I'd say for the first nine, ten games, you didn't see, I don't think he had very, very few snaps. But as the season wore on, you got to see him more and more. And I really expect that after this uh, that first year, his rookie year, he's going to – uh, try to get and compete for a starting position. And I think Brian's going to come in. What I'd like to see them do is is bring in Akeem a, a uh, Hicks from Chicago. Yep, that's who uh, we've been talking about. <clears throat> yeah, you, I mean, I can't believe he's still available. I think he's asking for too much money uh, is maybe the problem. Uh, he's 334 pounds, so you're, you know, between uh, – you know, Zach's not going to move him on a on a pulling play. Right. Um, Blake's not going to move him. Blake and Zach maybe may be moving him, but he's going to plug. 
and and also somebody like Hicks, what they would also do is they would also protect the the, the linebackers. That was a thing last year. Is that there were several teams, including New England, that just ran right up the gut on us uh, on the inside gaps, and so then your middle linebackers being taken out constantly. Hicks is, is not going to be a guy that you're going to move out of the way. He's a good run stuffer. He's not a pass rusher. He's not going to chase anybody down. And but if they could bring in somebody like that, that uh, you know, with with Brian and then two guys is, is a backup, I think the defensive tackle position would be solved. So you said he might be asking for too much money. How do you, how much money is he asking for? Um, I think the projection is probably about ten to eleven million a year. <laughs> and the problem with that is that the Browns are an analytics team, and analytics say pay the quarterback, pay wide receiver one, pay defensive end one, and pay cornerback one and two. But everybody else you can get at the thrift store. And so uh, you look at last year, Malik Jackson got 3.5. Uh, Tack McKinley got $3 million. Um, Malik McDowell got 995 And then you've got Jordan Elliott on a third round uh, salary. And you've got uh, Tommy Tugai on a fifth round salary. So, see, you've got all these low-do guys. So he wants to pay $3, 4000000 million for a defensive tackle, and I just think maybe Hicks uh, is just too much. Even if Hicks lowered his price down to, say, $6 million, I still think Barry is just going to pass on it. Yeah, a guy that you know I've kind of been interested in that's a free agent at the defensive tackle position um, is a former Brown, Ogan Joby. You know, he's still kind of sitting out there. He's a younger guy, so I'm guessing you know it's a money thing, too, with him. I thought he got signed. Um, no, he's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah, so, yeah, oh, he's still, oh, okay. yeah, he's still unsigned. I know the Bengals are. I, there was a report I read saying that it was still a possibility they wanted to bring <clears throat> bring him back. Um, but yeah, you know, think, seeing him including, yeah, I think his injury is going to linger until next season, and that's what, probably why he's not signed. Okay, so he's probably uh, a guy that's going to be a. He's going to have to wait it out, unless yeah, unless the price was just too too good to be true. Another defensive tackle that's still unsigned is Sheldon Richardson. He was paid three point five million last year. So he, when the the Browns dropped him, he was making twelve, and that's the reason why they let him go. Because I thought he was a great run stuffer, right? Um, and he signed a one year deal for three point five. He's still unsigned. So I'd love to see them bring uh, Sheldon Richardson in, and then you'd have four guys that that just rotate in because you know when they're that big you got to give them a blow during the game right uh as far as defensive end um as far as free agents go uh arden key from uh, the 49ers is still out there uh he's only 26 now he's probably going to be a situational pass rusher uh but he logged 6.5 sacks last year He's probably the best defensive end that's still unsigned if you're looking for free agents. I just want to remind everybody about DraftKings. Uh, make sure you join in on the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everybody can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 
in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers and track your results. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, you must be 21 years or older to play. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. What about you, Justin? You got anybody in mind? No, man, but all I'll say about it is for the last couple of years, every time that this team has had like a staggering weakness, it's been addressed and it's been addressed to the full potential. And whether it was the offensive line, the defense last year. So as far as and I'll even go back to the wide receiver issue, wide receiver and then the end slash tackle. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I trust the process and uh, I'm excited to see what Andrew Berry does the next couple weeks and the, including the draft. Yeah, well, that's a good point uh, that they have addressed these areas of need to the fullest. And I guess that kind of brings us to the last big topic here, which we're going to definitely spend some time on here with you guys and Barry. Deshaun Watson, that quarterback situation was dicey last year. We knew it was an area of need that the Browns are going to be addressing. And did they? Oh, my Lord. So I haven't gotten your guys' opinions yet on the show about this. So let's just hear. Let's go, Justin. Let us know what you're feeling about Deshaun, Zach, and then we'll we'll dive into it with Barry. Okay, so um, for Deshaun Watson, um, I mean, if there's no legal trouble, this is like an absolute home run. You're set for multiple, multiple years. I'm literally like there's an eight to ten year window where you can just be that position is not worried about. And as a Browns fan, my my whole life we've never had a quarterback. I'm 36. I've never seen us have a quarterback. And I don't get me wrong. I'm not beating up on Baker. I know Baker, this isn't a good time to, you know. But we knew that we, everything had to be perfect around him for him to be successful. This isn't the same. This isn't the case at all with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a straight savage. He he has run uh, run threat with it. He's got a absolute just shotgun of an arm he can get the ball zip it out he can throw guys open the things that we complained about for the last year and i i know baker was banged up i once again i'm not going to just keep beating up on baker because i feel bad for the guy the guy was one of those foundation pieces where he led us out of that you know mm-hmm. rough Owen 16 kind of window but man if you watch highlights of deshaun watson you better take him down you better sack him because if he slips the tackle it's over. You're done. He'll either burn you for 20 yards or he'll throw it down the field and hit a guy on a dime. I'm not even worried at all. The situation, I mean, quarterback-wise, couldn't be any better. You're not going to have him for probably – I mean, worst case, you're not going to have him for a year. And I think you see with them signing Jacoby Brissett, the offense is kind of shifting in a different direction where a Baker Mayfield – couldn't do the things that even like a Jacoby Brissett is going to be able to do as far as RPO options – I think this offense is going to evolve into a completely different direction with Deshaun Watson slash Jacoby Brissett. Uh, man, Nick Chubb has got to be just absolutely salivating somewhere, <laughs> hopefully in Cleveland, not doing anything. But I don't know. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. Is there terrible, terrible legal percussions that come with it? I Yes. You know, are you your average fan? Maybe not be open to the idea of what all that baggage is going to be. But 
from the beginning, the guy said he's innocent. You're seeing grand juries come back saying that there's not a lot of evidence. And at the end of the day, there's going to be people that are going to say, hey, no, you know, there's all these allegations against him. I'm not comfortable with it. I'm the father of two daughters. You know, like for me, I'm comfortable with this decision. Like, I'm okay with that. The, the guy has been nothing but like kind of a gem in his community in Texas until all these allegations came out. He was a community guy. He was a hard worker. His teammates never talked bad about him. He dragged a sorry-ass Houston Texan team along for 2020 and just with no, with no weapons, with no anything, no line, no rec- number one receiver. Will Fuller's out here just balling out looking like yeah. Hopkins. I don't know. Go ahead, guys. I'm, I'm rambling. I can, you know, but <laughs> we're going to be okay. We're going to, I'm literally, we're going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Zach, what are, you, what are your reactions to this? Uh, so I was probably the most pro Baker guy, I would say, you know, towards the end of last year of, you know, trying to give him the benefit of the doubt with how the season went on, um, getting to Sean Watson, the quarterback, you obviously are upgrading at the position, you know, and you can point at some of the numbers and say that, you know, Baker and his at times were similar, you know, um, but just the wow factor and the different type, you know, of lengthening plays and some of the things that Deshaun Watson can do on a field, if you surround him with elite talent, you know, and a good coaching and an organization that, you know, wants to get better and doesn't trade all their picks away like, yeah, right. you know, Houston Correct. did for years, um, that kind of limited them from being, you know, Deshaun Watson had the Chiefs down in a playoff game, like what, 20 to nothing? Or something 24 like to nothing. 24, 24 to nothing, to nothing you know, yep. and then the collapse that happened after that um, in the second half. But, you know, getting him the quarterback is an upgrade. Um, like Justin said, the legal issues off the field, it's not ideal that you, you know, that anybody wants to have. That shouldn't be like they had the press conference the other day, and that's what they talked about. I think that there was a, I was listening to Sirius Radio yesterday and they said I think they asked one football question in that press conference and that shouldn't be what this is you know getting this signing is all about um so you're going to the fan base you know you got them split kind of down the middle at the moment of half are really happy and excited and half of them aren't um I do feel bad for Baker in a way you know the guy was here um did a lot for the community and things like that, not just for the team. Now, obviously, there are some things probably behind closed doors with the team that a lot of people don't know about that have happened. Um, but I do kind of feel bad for him because I really don't know where he's going to go. And I think that's the problem the organization's having right now of they thought there were some teams that might want him and had it lined up, and now things have kind of hit a stalemate, yeah. uh, so to say. But getting Deshaun Watson, I'm excited. Um for what's going to come. I don't think we're going to find out though here for a while of what his suspension with how many civil cases there are and working through all the legal proceedings and the NFL is doing an investigation. I mean, we saw it with the Zeke Elliott uh, when he was kind of under investigation, he ended up was able to play seven or eight games and then he got suspended in the one season. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a thing that we just won't know till we know.
Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast and become an official Dog Pack member and join the dogs.com. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.